Hey guys, it's Eric Valdez. Uh, I play Kyle on Superman and Lois on the CW, and I'm hanging out here with Elias on the Man Cave Chronicle podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, bro. Yo, it. It. A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the man cave. Your host, Elias. Eric, welcome to the cave. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. And I was just telling you about the view, man. You got a great view behind you. Yeah, it's uh, these uh, these are real trees. This isn't fake. This is uh, <laughs> I'm up in northern Washington at the moment, so it's uh, it's a beautiful day up here. But uh, yeah, man. So like the you know like before we jump into your career, the listeners or the viewers know you from as Kyle and uh, Superman and Lois. But how like uh, this ride has been awesome so far. It has. This is this is one of those characters that's really fun to to kind of dig into, and you know, from a writer's perspective, where they where they started with him and where we've kind of gone with him on this journey has been great. I love, you know, the beginning of the season. I loved where it was at because there was a lot of you know a lot of people wondering who this guy was and why he was uh, mm. why he had the attitude he had. Let's just put it that <laughs> way. But uh, you know, it's it's a great place to start as a character, and you can really grow, and and the art can be really colorful and, 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 you know, varying throughout the, you know, the episodes and everything. So it's been a lot of fun to play. And I like, I like where we've gone with him and I like, uh, like where we're going with him. It's, yeah. it's cool, man. Yeah. I can't wait till we dive into that. But before we get into that, like, so you're like, like you guys have a journey into the acting world. Like how was like, what's your path? Like, how did you get here? Well, I mean, geez, it's, you know, it's, it's one of two of my passions. So all I ever wanted to do in life is, is race cars and entertain people. And, you know, I've said that in a handful of interviews and it's true. It's always been the case. I just, I, uh, I think at age seven was when I did my first play, um, just a little community theater piece. It was the Velveteen Rabbit, uh, way back in the day in El Paso, Texas, which is where I was living at the time. And uh, loved it and just got into, you know, there's there's a longer version of the story, but got into community theater. And then um, as I went through high school and into I, I only took one semester of college, uh, I will I'll recommend that you should get an education. It worked out OK for me, but I'm not going to say, yeah, all you need is is a semester of college and you're fine. That's not the case. Um, but I did do theater at a collegiate level, too, even when I wasn't attending the school. And then uh, got into television and film when I moved out to L.A. Um, yeah, that was probably 16 years ago, I guess, at this point. Wow. Yeah. So, so, like, throughout all this, like, because uh, you say you, you grew up in, like, in a big area in Texas or a little area? Uh, relatively good-sized city. I was born in Lubbock, Texas. Um, okay. And then I grew up, for the most part, in El Paso, Texas. El Paso, back then, their population was, I don't know, three-quarters of a million, somewhere there, thereabouts. So I think it's grown since then. But big enough city to, you know, to, to have big city lifestyle, but a little bit of a smaller town element to it as well. And then, you know, where my grandparents lived outside of Lubbock, which is where I would go all the time. Um, they lived on a farm, you know, my, my dad and my aunts grew up out there as well. So I have, we would go there for holidays and stuff all the time. So I have that balance of kind of city and country life growing up, which I think is really cool. So like, what do you like for, well, Maybe a two-part question here. Like, first, like, what were some of like some of your like TV and like uh, films that made you more passionate about getting into this? And the second part is like, when you told your parents, okay, this is what I'm gonna go do. Like, they try to push you away from it. Do they want you to do this? A backup plan? What was the goal? 
Uh, I mean, television and films that inspired me, there's, there's a handful of them. I, it's funny, I always say that my favorite movie is Top Gun. Um, you know, I, I'm a child of the 80s. I was born right. in 79, but uh, grew up in the 80s and 90s. And like Top Gun was just, it's not the best movie in the world by any stretch, but it was just one of those that like, for whatever reason, the story, the, the you know, it had the probably too much romance for me at age, whatever it was when it came out. I think, you know, I was in my, I wasn't even 10 years old yet, but had the romance, it had the action, it had the, you know, the driving music and, and everything. Mm. And that kind of really got me into to cinema and to, to film and, and piqued my curiosity. And then from that point, you know, there's countless television shows and movies that just would either inspire me to to want to 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 be better i knew i wanted to act and you know just challenge myself even if it was in my in my own house putting in a little show for my parents or doing theater um you know just watching the way it all came together uh it just kind of spawned from there and you know there's some obscure ones that that I, I laugh about it and I've, I've referenced it before but like coyote ugly is as bad a movie as it was yeah. it was just one of those like in the moment, you know, where I was in life at the time, it was about following your dreams and not giving up on things. I'm like, yo, man, this movie's inspiring me. So <laughs> I like that, that that's, you know, that's the thing with television and film, right? We, we can, you can pull from stuff, no matter how critically acclaimed it was or wasn't, there's things that, that, that will spark, you know, uh, spark interest, spark creativity, spark motivation in, in people. And there were several of those throughout, throughout my early life. Awesome. Uh, in the second part of your question with my parents, yeah, they, uh, I had a great, I still have a great set of parents and, you know, they, they never discouraged anything. Um, they allowed my brother and I to, to kind of find what we like and they were supportive of, you know, with, within whatever they could financially, we didn't have a ton of money or whatever. So it wasn't like they were going to up and move and send me to, uh, you know, some crazy expensive school because I was in the theater or when I wanted to race, we couldn't afford to buy you know, the most expensive equipment or whatever, but they were always very supportive of everything we wanted to do. So, you know, when I, when I said, Hey, this is what I want to do for career, there was no judgment. There was no laughing. There was no, ah, you should, you know, get a, have a plan B because it would no. my, my parents have always been, you know what, we believe in you. And if you want to make it happen, you can. And so I had a good support system. So you said you about 16 years ago, is that when you moved to LA? That is, I moved to LA, um, I think in 05, is summer 05. So some people decide they go to New York, others go to LA. What made you pick LA before New York or any other spot in the country? The weather and the uh, the space. I uh, know both cities are very crowded, but I love New York and I love the energy of New York. But growing up in Texas, I'm not used to living on top of, of everything and everyone. Um, so that to New York is always going to be one of my favorite cities to visit, but just not my style of place to live. And on top of that, you know, especially back then, LA, LA will still, will, will always be the hub for television and film. Mind you nowadays, you know, Vancouver, right. where we film Man and Lois is another hub. Atlanta's doing a lot. New York still films a lot. They're all over the place now, but theater was more, and will always be the, you know, New York will be the hub for that. And as much as I love that, um, and, and still do and still want to do, you know, the goal is to do a, an off-Broadway play or even a musical at some point between seasons of Superman and Lois or other projects. But my, my heart was kind of set on television and film. And so that's, that's what sent me out West. Uh -huh. What was one of the first things you got when you moved out there? Um, 
so there's kind of a cool story there. Like I, um, you know, I did, I did have fallback plans, whatever you want it to be. I, you know, I, I had a job at the time I was a flight attendant for Southwest airlines, oh, wow. believe it or not. Um, and, uh, I was also racing at the time. So I was an instructor at the, the Bonneron school. I actually moved from Texas to Arizona for like three and a half years and then out to LA. Um, so I was pursuing both television, film and, and racing at the time. And there came a point where there was like this, this fork in the road of, you know, do I go down the path of motorsports? Do I go, on, do, go down the path of entertainment and motorsports, unlike a lot of other sports, yes, you have to have the talent and the connections and stuff. But it takes a lot of money to continue to climb the ladder of motorsports. And the investment for television and film was mainly in myself, you know, uh, mental health, physical health, um, coaching classes, things like that. And it was monetarily speaking, a lot less significant of an investment than, than racing and equal in terms of passion. And so that's that's kind of what what drove me to do that. And having Southwest Airlines as like a day job, so to speak, allowed me to travel back and forth for auditions because initially I was living in Arizona still um, and then still maintain, you know, health insurance and a, and a steady paycheck. And it was a pretty flexible job too. If I needed to, you know, to have time off to film or, or whatever, most of the time I, I was able to readjust my schedule to do that. Um, the reason I tell that story is it leads into kind of the first gig. So I was on a plane coming from Vegas to Burbank uh, and it was after the billboard music awards and you know, the, the plane is, is everybody's getting off the plane when we landed it was a bunch of different, you know, mainly musicians, but a bunch of different celebrities um, getting off the plane. They'd all come from the award show, et cetera. And I had a lot of fun with them. You know, they Southwest airlines, they, they hire uh, personality more than anything. And, you know, okay. you give me a microphone and a, an aluminum tube with a captive <laughs> audience. And I'm going to have fun with them, especially coming from Vegas. So, they all get off the plane. There's one guy kind of standing there waiting. And, and you know, as, as most of the people are off, he stops me. He's like, hey, I just got a question for you. Uh, are you an actor? Are you an entertainer? And I said, I am. He's like, I should know you. And I'm like, okay. I had no idea who this guy was. And mind you, this is early days of the internet. So it wasn't like you could just get on your phone and like Google right. somebody right away. <laughs> um, so we start chatting a bit, gave me his number. We exchanged info and, and kind of said, you know, you've got this energy about you that I like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, cool. Thank you. Very appreciative of it. I went home or went to the hotel that night and uh, did Google him. And, and the first picture that popped up was him and Oprah Winfrey, like holding some Emmy awards that he had won wow. for doing. I think it was for choreographing the opening and closing ceremonies in Salt Lake City Olympics or something. His name is Kenny Ortega. Um, Kenny is he's, he's you know, he was a dancer, a choreographer, got into directing you know, his big claim to fame has been in all the high school musical stuff with with Disney and everything. Really great human being. And at the time he was directing uh, television. And so he brought me on to do Gilmore Girls. Um, it was uh, I think I did three episodes of that. I had like two or three lines cumulatively. It was a very small role, but he brought me on. It got me on on an actual set of a real big you know, Hollywood production. So I got to learn a lot. And I, I got, you know, into the union, into SAG after a SAG at the wow. time separately. But um, so that was kind of a, a nice little launch pad for me. He did me some some big favors. It's not a small thing, you know, to bring someone with no resume on, even though the role was really small, just bring them on a set and, and get them going like that. 
yeah, so I owe a lot to that, to him and to that moment as it, it you know, it wasn't like I'd, I had these one line and blew everybody away and suddenly the floodgates open and I had a career ahead of me, but it allowed me to learn. I'm a very much an observer and I like to learn as much about everybody's job on a set, and, you know, just so I can make their lives easy. And so I would observe and, and I would watch what the lighting guys are doing and the sound guys are doing and what happens between setups and between takes and watch the actors. And so that experience in and of itself is something that you can't even be taught in class and whatnot. So an, an invaluable experience for sure. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. When I was doing research on you, I also noticed you had like a recurring role on General Hospital in the Graceland. I, I was a series reg on that for like two and a half wow. years. Almost. And yeah, that was that was probably the first like big break, so to speak, in Hollywood. I did random guest spots here and there for years, did a lot of commercials, which helped pay the bills. Um, but that was probably the first steady paycheck in Hollywood was General Hospital. Um, and again, it's one of those things like, uh, you know, I think everybody has ideas of what they want to do. You know, for me, I, I want a Tom Cruise's career, right? Or it's top from top watching Top Gun or yeah. whatever. But everybody starts at different places and goes on different paths. And this opportunity came up, and 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 you know, I I was like, okay, this this is uh, this is really cool. Auditioned for it, tested for it, ended up getting it. And uh, I tell people all the time, like, there's there's a weird stigma attached to all sorts of, you know, if you're doing soap operas, if you're doing comedies, if you're doing only drama, if you're doing television versus film, there's all these weird stigmas attached to that, which are stupid, in my opinion. It's all art and it's all, you know, various various forms of that. No no one area is, is makes you a better or worse uh, actor or talent. It's just different ways of looking at it, right? And for me, it was a great opportunity. It was also a bit of like a, a actor's boot camp, right? So we would get, we would film an entire episode in a day. And we're talking a hundred and something page script. So I would have to memorize, you know, for my portion of that 17, 20 pages, sometimes more a day worth of dialogue. So it really forces you to, to learn how to memorize quick. It forces you to, to make big decisions because you only get two or three takes and then you're moving on to the next setup. Whereas in episodic television, like Superman and Lois, you shoot the master, you shoot coverage, you shoot more coverage, you get in a little tighter. So you have, you can play with those things a little bit more. And, and if you make a choice as an actor and, and you're like, mm, well, that didn't work, then you can kind of adjust it. In soap operas, it's a machine, right? Everything kind of is moving at a very fast pace. So it forces you to really think a lot more preemptively and then live in that moment um, and make better decisions. Sometimes they don't work out, but yeah. it was a good training tool for sure. Well, that's what I mean. It's like it's like a, it's a big difference working on a soap opera set and then working on like say Superman or Lois, even just the filming. Like you guys at the soap opera world, like you mentioned, you have to pump episodes out because they're on every day. It's not every like day. once, yep, once a week or once every few weeks, and you have a break. Yeah, it was it was a lot, and so you know, I again I did that almost two and a half years. I can't remember what the full span was, but mm -hmm. um, it was great. I met a lot of really great people, and I took a lot from it. And, you know, it, it gets, you get to the point where you're working on an episodic television show or a film set and you just feel more confident going into each scene that you're doing as an actor. Cause you know, you know, the words are there and you don't have to worry about that element of it. You can live more in that moment and really actively listen to your scene partner and what's happening in that, in that moment. And that's where, in my opinion, that's where the, the, the magic happens, right? Is you can, anybody can learn the lines. Anybody can have a pre 
the you know pre predetermined way that they want to deliver lines, etc. That is performance to a point, but for me, it's more like the true art, and, and for me, the the passion behind acting is is living in this alternate universe for segments yeah. at a time, you know. And when you've got everything kind of prepared, muscle memory wise, in terms of what is written on the page and whatnot, then you just connect with with your scene partner and and you live in that moment. And that's that's where some of the cool stuff happens. Is it easier to learn a script for a soap opera or for like Superman or Lois? I don't know the ones easier or more difficult. I think obviously the the, the sheer amount of dialogue for soap opera is, is more difficult because there's so much more that you have to learn at a faster pace. Yeah. But they're, you know, it's different. Whereas you're on a you're on a stage with that, and there's there's set lighting. It's almost like theater in in, in a sense. Yeah. The blocking is very important because you've got you know four or five camera guys. You've got lighting that's only adjusted to certain areas. So you kind of have to hit your marks. Certain beats are in that way predetermined, um, so it's a little less free than it would be on say Superman and Lois or any episodic television show. So that has its challenges. But in doing episodic television, you know you've got a again, that's why living in the moment is so much more important because the, the dialogue, there's what's written and then there's the spaces in between what's written. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, if you watch television and film a lot, there's moments, some of the best actors, some of their best performances happen when they're not saying a thing, when they're reacting to what's being said, when they're observing what's being said. It's, it's in the eyes, it's in the the facial expressions. So in that regard, there's, there's those parts of, of doing episodic that have a little bit of a different challenge. I don't know that one's more difficult than the other, but, but both very cool. That's awesome. So yeah, let's jump right into Superman and Lois. Like how crazy was it that it, this show got picked up right away for a second season, like after yeah. like the second episode aired? It's awesome. I mean, it's, I don't know. I know that's probably happened before. I know it doesn't happen very often. Right. Um, but it's uh, it was really cool. And to me, yeah, for myself, obviously, but more more for like our entire crew and in our in our writers room and, and everybody that's, that had been working on this so long, because we found out I found out about the show like February, March of last year. Um, and then the pandemic hit and there were delays and more delays, et cetera. We didn't start filming until like October, I believe, November, I can't remember. Um, but there it's there were so many people, you know, from Todd to, to everybody else in the writer's room that had already spent, you know, a couple of years getting this thing prepped and ready. And so for for our job is to bring a lot of their visions to life, right? And so when you have a situation like this where you've got talent on all ends of the spectrum and everybody pours their heart and soul into it, especially in a time when you know, so many people are away from their families and, you know, working long hours just to working Saturdays just to make this thing come to be. And then it's out there for the world to, to take in, but also judge, mm. you know, once we're out there, everybody's hard work is just on display. And so to, to kind of see the, the initial reaction and response we got from the, the fan base and the audience and look at the numbers and everything, that was, that was a huge breath of fresh air. And, and subsequently the network's like, you know, they, you're taking a risk anytime you put something out there. And I always say that the, the good and bad of doing something like, like Superman and Lois is you've got a, a bit of a built-in audience, but that audience also has expectations and they have standards, yeah. right? And so you, you're going into it with a good group of people. It's not a new concept. So it's not like you're trying to find an audience necessarily right off the bat. But if you don't do right by that audience, 
you're done. And so for us to kind of come on with this, this new concept and this new take on a superhero show that clicked was, was really good. And, and, you know, kind of everybody could breathe for a moment after that. And so to, to hear about being renewed right away, just allowed us to really change the energy. You know, at that point, I think we had already shot, we were filming maybe episode five or six when episode one aired. So up until that point, it's all of us thinking that we're creating something great, which we all did from the get-go. We knew this was special, but still waiting to see how people were going to respond to it. So once we got that response and that, you know, second season order right off the bat, Man, it just really uh, made the energy, you know, go go up another notch for for the remainder of the season in terms of filming. Did you, uh, did you uh, go in for Eric, or was it for somebody else at first? I went in for for Kyle. Yeah, sorry, was, sorry, Kyle. Yeah, that's all good. Kyle, I get called both <laughs> names all the time. Yeah. I'm used to it. Um, yeah, I did. I went in for okay. this character. I got. I was actually in in Toronto filming something else. Um, got the script. Loved the script. Loved the character. And again, growing up in Texas and, and spending some time in small towns and whatnot like, that are very similar to Smallville in terms of mentality and, you know, community and, and loving people. To me, I really connected to this character right off the bat. And so when I got the, the script, I was like, oh, yeah, I've, we've got to figure this one out. I had to fly back in to audition for I can't remember if I if I sent the tape initially or if I flew in flew in initially either way I did have to fly in from Toronto to 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 meet with the network you know with with all the the execs at Warner Brothers and 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 with Todd and and those guys and um and it just there was just this crackling in the room like I felt super confident the energy with everybody else around it just we knew that this this kind of clicked and this is one of those roles that I think was was kind of the timing everything was kind of right for me. So there was no other like, uh, maybe he should be considered for this or, Oh, I would like to maybe be considered for that. Now it was this Kyle from, yeah. from day one. So did you, uh, when you first, uh, auditioned, did you know you were going for this show? Cause I know sometimes like DC is very like strict. They don't even want you to know what you're yeah. going for. I, uh, I knew pretty early on. I can't remember if the, I think my initial, the initial script that I got, um, had some make-believe title on it. And I didn't get the full, you know, full pilot script. I had an abbreviated version of that, but there was enough in there and enough, you know, conversations back and forth where early on I was like, oh, okay, I, this is what this is. And, um, and that made it even more exciting, obviously. Yeah. Uh, were you a Superman fan growing up? Like, did you, were you into comics? I like, like, I liked the shows, but I was never into comics. I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I think, look, I think we all were at some age in life, big fans of Superman. I think we all probably had the Superman underwear at some point growing up as a kid, yeah. right? I, I didn't go into comic book stores religiously. I had comic books. I read them. I wasn't a collector of them per se. And I didn't follow, you know, the 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 story of Superman religiously as a kid. But I, I, I was a big fan of the idea behind it and superhero shows in general. And then once I, I knew more about the show... Even though Kyle, you know, is is a new character and wasn't in the comic books or whatever, I did start going down that rabbit hole of researching things to try to learn a little bit more, not just for performance sake or for the show's sake, but also for the for the audience sake, the fans' sake. Like I want to be able, I'll never go on and and talk on a, on a podcast or you know engage on social media with fans and pretend to be an expert on things because I'm not. 
but I can learn a lot by just engaging in conversation. And I, I wanted to be able to at least hold conversations about some of that stuff without, without, you know, pretending, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's uh, I'll read our scripts as they come in and there'll be a, you know, in this case, like when they introduced steel and, and whatnot this season, I read the script and I'm like, wait a minute, this seems like a really big moment. And, you know, especially with Wale's character evolving from the stranger to thinking it was, you know, a Luthor to, to whatever. And I'll read these scripts and then I'll go and kind of research the history of the characters. And I'm like, whoa, the audience is going <laughs> to lose their minds when they see this. So I love, in a way, I love knowing enough, but not knowing everything because every time I get a new script, there's, there's like a surprise moment in there, even for me. So I've become a bit of a fan um, more so than I was even before. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, like Kyle is not in the comics. Like, so how do you prepare to play this role then? Like, uh, do you like, obviously I know like the writers and producers give you ideas, like how to play the character, but like, what do you do also? For me, it, there was a lot of, again, I, I know, I know Kyle. I, I, I grew up around a lot of these guys and, you know, I, I, I know a lot about that small, small town mentality and, pride and sense of community and also being you know for lack of a better term he is their superhero right he's the fire chief he's the small yeah. town hero this is these are his people and so I, I i knew a lot of these people you know my my dad for example he was he was one of seven kids he was the only boy and growing up especially in his generation there's a lot of responsibility put on that and they grew up as farmers they you know they farmed cotton out in a very small town outside of lubbock texas and so, you know, there's there's that sense of pride that I was able to pull from from my own dad, from my own grandfather, from his friends, from a lot of the people that I had met there. And then the other great thing is, you know, working for as a flight attendant for three and a half years, I've been to 42 of the 50 United States. Oh, wow. So I've gotten to see a lot of these, you know, different cultures, these different belief systems, these these different things. And so. I'm able to pull little bits here and there, even though Smallville is a fictitious town. Yeah. There are a million Smallvilles all across this country. And so for me, prep preparation is, I, I don't want to say it was easy. It never is, but it came more natural to me because I was able to pull from real life experience and knowledge of, of different people that I'd met throughout my life. Uh, any challenges playing this character? Cause I like, you know, like when you first, like when the season first started, you kind of like, <clears throat> don't know, like, is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? But you could also tell you he had to kind of like, he's fighting with something also like, uh, mm -hmm. like demons. There's I guess, some, there's some demons. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a great way of putting it. Um, those, those all always have their challenges. And, and honestly, those are the challenges that I love as, as an actor, like the layers, mm. you know, any good character is always going to be dimensional and, and layered. And thankfully we have some incredible writers um, on the show that really know how to write for, you know, to, to, to do those kind of characters justice. Um, challenges, yes, but nothing super daunting. For me, it was, it was, I'd get up and I'd be like, oh, this is going to be fun to film, or this is a great thing, you know, and early on Kyle dealing with his, his, his inner demons and, and how he dealt with it, you know, with mm -hmm. early on, it was the drinking and, and going through those phases and realizing, you know, the moments of, of self-realization for him as, an individual and the responsibility and the, the weight of on his shoulders for his town, but also balancing that with, with trying to be a good father and a good husband and riding those waves of, of emotion and, you know, stumbling and falling and, and getting back up and being frustrated with himself as, as a human being. 
man, those, those things are really, really great challenges, but really great things to, to kind of play. So there, there's certain scenes, you know, like some of the stuff with Indy and in their relationship that emotionally are very challenging, you know, to, to kind of, I, I say prepare for, you always prepare, but also letting go, right. And living in those moments and allowing, even though Kyle's a very proud, you know, proud man, allowing the vulnerability to creep in here and there and allowing that to, to come off, you know, on screen is just, it's, 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 it is a challenge. And when you're done filming for the day, there's, there's days where, you know, I'll go back and kind of like lay in my trailer for an hour or two, just to kind of make sure I don't go home in a very <laughs> sad mood or an angry yeah. mood or whatever, you know? So those are the challenges I think more emotionally um, with, with Kyle, but I, I love the nuances and the, yeah. you know, the, the layers that we've been able to start to reveal with him. What do you, what do you love most about this character? Uh, how, how real he is um, in, in a, in a superhero world. It's, it's awesome. And, and as a show, this is, this statement kind of goes for the show as a whole, like the balance between superhero and sci-fi world and real life family drama is just, to me, that's what I love about the show. I watch it every week. And again, I, I kind of, you know, I, I've read the scripts, but by the time it airs, it's, you know, we're three, four episodes beyond that. I remember, but I, I, I don't, I don't remember everything. And I also don't get to see everybody else's performances, right? Like most of my scenes are with, with Emmanuel, with Indy. We've got some with, with Tyler and Bitsy and stuff. I don't get a ton with, with the other kids, with Alex and Jordan and, and whatnot. And so, or I'm not there when, you know, Bitsy and Tyler have their own scenes and, 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 and all that. So getting to watch that, having read the script, getting to watch it as a fan is, is really cool. And, you know, I just, I don't know. I think, I think uh, the most exciting part about, about playing it is just how real he is and how, how much that brings to the show in terms of balance and value. You know, there's, it's always going to be a Superman and Lois show and, and as it should be. And you want those big superhero moments and stuff. But I do like the dynamic of having those, you know, those simple family moments. Not simple, really. They're, they're yeah. super complicated. They seem simple at surface value, but real life family moments and stuff that we all go through as human beings uh, that aren't superheroes and how, how we overcome those, those challenges and those obstacles. So I like, I like that element of it for sure. So a couple episodes ago, um, you kind of had that, well, we could spoil it, I guess, if people are caught up with it, how you kind of had superpowers. Yeah. That uh, when I, I knew some, I, early on, I knew kind of where certain things were going, yeah. but you know, the way, the way we were, we were trying to get through episodes and stuff on such, such a time crunch this season, we wouldn't get the actual scripts until, you know, maybe, maybe the week before we were going to start filming them. Yeah. Um, and so when I finally got that, I was like, whoa, okay, this is, this is going to be fun yeah. and talk to Todd a bit about what, you know, beyond that episode, what it was going to look like and, and everything. And it, it, it was, to me, that was, that was a lot of fun to play because it, it was a whole different character for an episode essentially yeah. and getting to go really dark with it. And you're a villain. Yeah. Just have some, have some crazy fun with it too. Like be, you know, be this, this, this really bad person or not even person, this, yeah. you know, this Kryptonian, it was, it was a lot of fun to, to, to do that in a, in a breath of not fresh air because it was complicated and physical <laughs> and all of that, but it was just, 
another challenge, which I think is really cool too. You know, the, 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 just something else thrown into the mix that you wouldn't get to do on a, a non-superhero show. Right. So getting to, to do that was, it was really fun. So, because they're like, you know, I've had actors on before where they don't enjoy playing the bad guy. There's other ones I love it. What's your take? I love on this? it. I you love it. it. I've always. Yeah. There's something really cool, and I think I think a part of it is look. I I mean I think I'm a pretty nice guy in real life. I try to be, you know, a good yeah. human being and stuff. And so there's something really cool about completely letting go and going to this weird dark place. What other job in this world <laughs> would you, first of all, that would be heavily frowned upon and yeah. probably grounds for being terminated and or thrown in jail. So in what other setting in life or what other career path could you completely become this psychotic, you know, dark villainous human being and then still get to go home at the end of the day and not have any repercussions. So yeah. for me, it's, it's really, really fun to play the villains. I, I, I do enjoy it quite a bit. You mentioned you had a lot. You have a lot of scenes with Emmanuel and Indy. Like, uh, how do you describe that chemistry? Because most of your scenes are with them. Uh, awesome. I mean, there's both, and the crazy thing is, it's it's that way off camera too. Like, and I think that's what really helps with all the cast, but especially those that I work closely with. You can any talented actor can can create a sense of chemistry on camera with with somebody that they may not even know. That's what our job is, right? Is to 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 sell whatever it is that we're we're bringing to you know to life. Um, when it's genuine, it makes it so much more enjoyable and so much so much better on camera too. And I mean, they literally I've taken on this real life father figure fo- role with Indy. Um, you know, she's she's only nineteen. She just turned twenty years old. And so she, she could be my daughter in real life and, right. and, you know, her being out in Vancouver on her own and away from family and we're all wow. in this bubble where we can't travel and stuff. Both M and I really took on like parent, parent, like figures towards her and that, you know, that helped M and I bonds on that level, but also M is just, she's an incredible human being as well. And she gets along really well with my real life wife and, you know, they have their own side conversations and stuff. Mm without me now. So having that, that real life chemistry and everything is, is really cool. And then we have fun with it. You know, there's, there's some emotional stuff that we have to go through and some hard stuff we have to go through, but you know, in between those scenes, we have fun, you know, it, it, there's days where we all have to focus and really get through that stuff. But then there's also days like in the, the latest episode, and if you're not caught up spoiler, but, um, the latest episode, the whole water fight thing with our family, that was, there was, there was zero acting involved in that. That was just us being us and having a blast. And that's what I love about, about them as castmates and, and friends is we just, we just have a lot of fun together. Is, uh, is Kyle ever going to like Lois or what? <laughs> you know, at this point, they, they've made up their, I don't know how much, I, I got to remember what's aired and what hasn't because I can't say too much. But they, you know, in this last episode, uh, I mean, it was the episode before that, you know, he he ate a little bit of crow, so to speak, yeah. and, and said, you know what, Lois, you're you're good people. I was wrong. And so that that is Kyle's extension of the olive branch, extension of the handshake. Um, you know, Kyle's not the kind of person that's just going to be like, well, you know, damn it, Lois, you're a great person. And I was wrong the whole time. That's <laughs> never going to be him. Right. But we we got to see a bit of that and uh yeah i i think kyle and lois will uh will be on on better terms you know from here on out where uh, where do you think kyle is gonna head towards season two 
What do you? We've had some for? talks about this, and what I, what I'm hoping for is really getting to to know. I mean, look, and this goes for all characters, but especially Kyle. Any first season of a television show, if done right, is mm. you don't want to do twelve, you know, twelve to fifteen episodes that are all like pilot light. You have a pilot, and then you evolve, and you let the characters blossom a bit. Season two and beyond is where you start getting into backstory when you start learning more about how they arrived at where they are in life and, and, and whatnot. So for me, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see a glimpse into, you know, we, we saw that with episode 11, which I thought was a really great, you know, breath of, of fresh air for the season itself. You went from like this crazy episode 10 uh, where Kyle is somebody completely different and whatnot to this episode 11, which was a series of flashbacks kind of talking a bit about, you know, all the characters and where they were in life and, and everything. And I thought that was a really, really cool thing to do. Um, I don't, I don't think we'll ever be a show where it's, you know, this is us where it goes back and forth in time all the time, <laughs> yeah. which I love great show, by the way. But I think we'll see a little bit of that going into season two with, with everybody. And I'm really excited to, you know, to see where it goes. That's, that's the beauty of doing television, right. Is, is like, we all writers have kind of their ideas for characters and producers and then actors. We all start to, as time progresses, we all start to know the characters so much more early on, you know, an actor has their idea of, of who this character is and a writer has their idea and whatnot. Sometimes there's, there's heads of the butt and you get a little combative. We haven't had any of that on, on this show. Everybody's been super great about, you know, collaborating and open to ideas. If I had a suggestion or if the writer's, said hey this is you know why we think this oh that's awesome you know we all had those conversations yeah. and, and kind of developed this together but uh you know i think moving forward getting to see now that now that we all kind of get kyle um you know together and we're all on the same page there seeing where it evolves and it, and it is cool for me too i have ideas of where i think you know he might go or we might go but it is cool now to have that much trust in in our writers to know that they're gonna they're gonna do justice to to the story, and then kind of a little surprise every week when I get a new script and and get to see where we're going on this this journey, you know. Yeah. So you guys just finished filming. Uh, what's next for you? Like any other projects that you're gonna be working on? Are you just taking some time off? I I need to take some time off this <laughs> this, yeah. this hiatus. I mean, it's been a it's been a a year and a half um, for. Uh, for everybody and you know when we're, we're not through it all there's still a lot of the world is not the same and so for me you know i had an opportunity to, to maybe do something um in our, in our off time here and dates didn't quite work out number one and number two i was just like you know i, I really want to be my family's been up in vancouver with me thankfully my wife and my and my son and my dog um but i really wanted some time to just kind of you know, relax a bit and, and compress. We, we still haven't had that. We, as soon as we left, you know, Canada, we went to Texas to visit family and then LA to visit friends and, and, and some family. And, you know, that's great. And I love it, but it hasn't been a vacation. It's still, you know, yeah. my, my, my parents and my wife's parents hadn't, they, you know, my, my son just turned three, as I said, and, and uh, they hadn't seen him for half of his life. So those were the important things is to make sure we got to reconnect with family and, and friends a bit. And then now we've got another, whatever it is, six, seven weeks before we go back to filming. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do. That's, it's a weird thing to be kind of nomadic, but at the moment, you know, right before we came on, I came on the podcast, my wife and I were talking about, 
where, where are we going tomorrow or next week? Or like, what, what are we going to do? And we don't really know. And there's something not a bad strange, thing. but really cool about that, you know? So you said you're going to start filming around six, seven weeks. They talked about the show's not coming back to what? January, right? It'll probably be similar to what it was this last season. So, you know, again, that, that's a similar timeline to what we, what we started with last year. We started initially, we're going to start filming in September and then there were delays and more delays. Um, and ultimately that's unfortunately why we've had these, you know, little two and three week hiatus between yeah. episodes here and there. It's, it's not good for us, for the fans. I mean, we like the momentum of being on the air every week, even though the majority of people now stream stuff and they'll, they'll put five episodes together and they'll binge watch it over a weekend. Yeah. The way people consume television has changed dramatically. We get that, but still nice to have that momentum of, of being out there every week. Um, so I think the idea is, you know, and I, and I can't speak, don't put this set in stone because I don't control any of that, but I think the idea is, yeah, we'll start filming September. Hopefully, you know, it'll be a, a lot, there'll be a lot better rhythm and a lot less delays this time around and don't know if we i definitely know we don't have a premiere date set but the idea is something similar to what we what we did this season is an early you know late winter early spring premiere i think uh, erica lastly uh, how can the viewers and the listeners find you on social media uh it's pretty simple it's my name just eric valdez so on instagram twitter I'm pretty active on, on both. I'm trying to be better. I've taken a little bit of time the last couple of weeks just to, again, be with family and whatnot. But uh, I try to answer as many questions and, and interact with as many comments and stuff as possible. Because the, the honest thing is, like, the fans are, are a massive part of what we do. And so I like to take the time to try and inter interact with as many as possible. I can't get to everybody all the time. But I, I do my best to do that. So by all means, please, guys, if, if you wanted to interact, I love that. Uh, it's just Eric Valdez, E-R-I-K-V-A-L-D-E-Z. And that's across all platforms for the most part. Eric, man, this was great. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, man, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. Yeah. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.